One parent, two kids, 419 National Park sites. This is Expedition National Parks. Dispatches and stories from one family's journey to discover the cultural, historical, and natural treasures of the United States. My favorite story about the park is that this is the only house that they ever owned. They moved like 40 times or something, uh, I forget the exact number, during their marriage, and this is the only house they ever owned. So it's very special to them. Every year in September, the Eisenhower National Historic Site in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania hosts a World War II Living History Weekend. So when we told friends we were going to Gettysburg for a World War II event, some people were perplexed since, of course, Gettysburg is also home to Gettysburg National Military Park, one of the most important and famous battles of the Civil War. I read a lot of books about military history, especially World War II, so I knew about General Dwight D. Eisenhower, the five-star general who's in charge of the war in Europe. But none of us, including my mom, knew much more about his life besides the fact that he was a general and president. After World War II, he served as Army Chief of Staff, as President of Columbia University, and also as the first Supreme Commander of NATO. In 1952, he was elected president and served until 1961. Our trip to the National Historic Site unfolded in two parts. Part one was learning about General Eisenhower and his wife, Mamie, and their home, which we toured. For those who want the opportunity to visit remotely, a detailed virtual tour is available on the site's webpage. The second part was all about the living history taking place on the grounds of the farm. The home has 24 rooms, is approximately 4,100 square feet, and 99% of the furnishings are original from the family. President Eisenhower and his wife donated the property to the National Park Service while they were still alive, with the condition that both could live out their days there. Dwight D. Eisenhower lived, died in 1969. Mamie Eisenhower died in 1979, and the site opened in 1980. We spoke to Ranger Lydia about what she and the other visitors find special about the site. People really enjoy the scenery. Um, they enjoy the flowers that Mamie grew, um, and they like seeing the house just the way the Eisenhowers left it. My favorite story about the park is that this is the only house that they ever owned. They like 40 times or something. Uh, I forget the exact number, during their marriage, and this is the only house they ever owned. So it's very special to them. During his presidency, it was principally a weekend retreat, but he spent several weeks there in 1955 to recuperate from a heart attack. And it also served as a site for many important meetings with world leaders. As a former general, President Eisenhower had first-hand experience of war. He was also driven to see peaceful solutions and used diplomacy and other tools to avoid violent conflict. One of his biggest campaign promises was to visit Korea and see the situation firsthand if he was elected. He traveled to Korea as president-elect, and an armistice was signed in July 1953. The house and farm were important during his presidency as he used the place for personal diplomacy. He invited world leaders to visit the house and cattle barns, but more importantly, to get to know each other. He was a firm believer in the importance of meeting face-to-face and said that speaking privately in relaxed surroundings allowed him to take the measure of the man. David Eisenhower, the president's son, said his father believed that informality of the set setting would make his visitors feel at home. And important visitors did they host. Prime Minister Jawaharlal Nehru of India visited in 1956. He stayed overnight in the yellow guest room, which you can see on the tour, and he and Eisenhower spoke privately on the porch. Over the course of his stay, the two of them spoke privately for more than 14 hours, allowing President Eisenhower a valuable perspective on the Cold War from a neutral country. The Eisenhowers hosted many other notable guests and world leaders, including Premier Nikita Khrushchev of the Soviet Union, 
President Charles de Gaulle of France, Prime Minister Winston Churchill of Britain, and many more. Sometimes the visit would include the whole Eisenhower family, including the grandchildren, which also helped to build familiarity. It was a welcome change from the more formal talks, including at nearby Camp David, the presidential retreat which President Eisenhower named after his grandson, which is also on a national park site. Sometimes a visit by a world leader would include visits to both places. The Red Guest Room has several paintings on the wall painted by Eisenhower himself. Prime Minister Churchill inspired President Eisenhower to paint, a hobby he took up at age 58. He loved to paint on the porch of the house, and over the last 20 years of his life, he produced 300 paintings. World War II weekend on September 21st and 22nd, 2019, was the Eisenhower National Historic Site's 23rd annual event. The focus of the weekend is to interpret military life in a version of General Eisenhower's theater of operations. More than 500 living historians and volunteers told the stories of a range of people, from the common soldiers to families on the home front. In addition to living history encampments, there was also an array of distinguished speakers giving talks at a tent near the house. We were able to speak to several of the living historians and learned a lot. We are the 15th Scottish Reconnaissance, only the enemy in front. And there, there are enough, I was just asking, there are enough Scottish Yeah, we got five guys here today. That's enough for one vehicle. And how many do you have overall in your... We all go up and down the East Coast, so from Maine all the way down to Florida. And all together, how many do you have? 25 active, 50 passive. And they're um, they're all Scottish? You're just they all have English just, ancestry okay, so or okay. interests, or like me, they're from England. Yeah, and how did you actually get the... the, the you said you had vehicles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we have um, wheeled and truck vehicles, so tires or tracks, depending on the terrain. But like, where'd you purchase it, or how did you get it? Or? We're all fanatics, so we club together and buy a vehicle between three of us, or there's one guy that owns a museum. We are portraying the British Women's Land Army. We would have freed up men working on farms to go and fight the war. So by 1941, women were called for some sort of voluntary service, whether it was working in munitions factories, um, enlisting in the Auxiliary Territorial Service, or enrolling in the Women's Land Army. So everyone basically was required to do their bit or do their part. Um, so Britain, they actually imported most of their food during, well, prior to the war. Um, once the German U-boats started you know, bombing shipments and whatnot, people were starting to suffer. So the women took to the land and started to cultivate and, you know, produce food for the population. Yeah, so we, we were just on a scrap drive. We got these old roller skates from somebody and um, we're trying to collect all the different metal items to help with the war effort so that they can use the metal for building tanks and planes and bombs and some of the, our other friends have been out collecting paper and rubber and even the waste fats that uh, they use in bombs. And, uh, so you've probably heard about some of these drives at your school. If you're in the Boy Scouts, the Boy Scouts do a lot of drives and they, they've got the General Eisenhower medal that they can get for collecting a lot of newspaper. And then um, the other things, uh, Boy Scouts have been, Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts have been selling war bonds and war stamps. 
A war bond, basically, it's when uh, people give money to the government and they'll get their money back with uh, interest later. But right now, the government needs extra money for all the war efforts. Well, the uh, soldier's mail was free. Ooh, I didn't know that. So there's, a, there's an entire military postal service. There's actually a setup here. We uh, saw it. I didn't realize that. Yeah, so the APO, the Army Post Office, is free for all the soldiers who are in the service. And... Um, We've been trying to do our part with the victory mail to save paper. We write out the letter and then they only have to transport the small card uh, and they wire it over uh, instead of mailing. We learned a lot about President Eisenhower as well as World War II on this visit. But of course, there is always much more to learn. Please check the show notes for details on some more of the subjects we covered on this podcast. Thank you for listening and we encourage you to subscribe, share, and provide us with feedback. Check out our website, expeditionnationalparks.com, and many thanks to Jason Shaw for the music.